Hello everyone, um, welcome, I'm Yasra Amamizadeh and you're listening to another episode of Tavan Studio and Conversation where we talk about art, design and living creatively with female artists and makers. Today we have Shafa Ghaddar tuning in from her home in Dubai. Um, Shafa is an artist, painter, muralist. Um, she graduated um, in fine arts from the Lebanese Academy of Fine Arts and then did an intensive course in fresco and traditional painting techniques in Florence, Italy, the place to be for this specific type of artwork. Um, she's had several exhibitions and participated in various programs. And welcome. I'm so happy to finally have you on the show. Hello, Yustra. I'm equally happy to be here, even if it's virtually. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, we've so, so Shafa um, also is an artist at Teshkil Studio here in Dubai, and that's where we met. And um, I haven't had the privilege of like sitting and fully talking with you about your practice because so many things have happened <laughs> during when true. I came and you were there yeah. and then you weren't there. Uh, and then when you came back, you're like so focused and busy into your work that we never got to actually sit down and talk. I don't um, realize sometimes that I might create like walls around me when I'm super focused. <laughs> It's and like, when you're focused, we don't want to approach you either. It, 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 it's seems, like, like I, it, it seems like there's this energy emanating out of me. A lot of people in Tashkil told me this. <laughs> like, I think I'm the most, like, the sweetest person. <laughs> but, but apparently I'm not sometimes. A lot of people told me, oh, you look too focused in Tashkil. We couldn't approach it's so, like, yeah. I'll see you in the kitchen when you're there <laughs> having your coffee. But otherwise, I'm not going to be knocking on your door. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well, now we just hopefully we can um, make it up for all those uh, moments yes. of non-communication. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so, yeah, um, give us a little bit of a, a background on your on your journey on becoming a muralist how is that like where did you start from where are you going um yeah yeah well this goes back to um to being in beirut um being um let's say raised uh, in a house in the south of lebanon which is my family house mm -hmm. and also spending a lot of time in the city of beirut and both of those places the house and the city were constantly subject to, um, and I'm talking in terms of surfaces, in terms of physical presence, also mm -hmm. emotional, uh, on the emotional level, also on a chemical level. Both mm -hmm. of the house and the city were always like subject to, um, uh, I don't wanna say completely decay, but you, 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 would, you would witness like signs and manifestation of time of the certain degradation of my 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 house in the south got hit during one of those wars in mm -hmm. 1988 mm -hmm. and um it wasn't completely damaged uh it was wounded literally mm. you know and after that uh my parents weren't able to completely fix it so mm -hmm. i grew up in an environment where that house that is a typical Mediterranean house, completely open to a lot of trees and garden, beautiful view from the hill on the sea, a lot of wind, a lot of light. Mm -hmm. Yet there's something from its structure that is very, very, very exhausted. And mm -hmm. always I, I, I would see like those signs of maybe erosion or humidity, like contaminating the walls slowly. And mm -hmm. I would see also parallel to that, um, uh, parents who were because of so many reasons coming from life and financial reasons among others weren't really able to like fix it so mm -hmm. so i got to grow up with witnessing stuff happening <laughs> on walls yeah and uh this is really like on a materialist materialist level but also the city of Beirut, as you know, also like uh, you would walk around and you would uh, 
you would you would see like buildings and walls and uh, just like organic organically mm-hmm. shifting places because mm-hmm. of things that have happened so i i I I assume that this has been directly and indirectly uh, uh, affecting me and inspiring me. Not that mm-hmm. it needed to translate into uh, necessarily a wall surface, but more to be very much in touch and uh, like have a deep interest in 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 things that are related to scale, that are related to trace, that are related to contamination, that are related mm-hmm. to uh, uh, um, to space making as well, because like a wall and a surface is very much related to like to what you build and how, like it, it, it is related to space marking and space yeah. making. So, so yeah, and, and, um, and this is where I got uh, like, very much involved in making and to have like completely like hands on the mm-hmm. material but then when I got to university and I was like yeah I want to study painting I was enrolled in a program that didn't really satisfy that need and found myself more uh, learning about photography about image about w- w- which was beautiful because I had like amazing teachers but um my appetite for paint, painting wasn't fulfilled uh, because of mm. like a lack of uh, they didn't provide a good course and a good technique and a good uh, instructors and in my university for that so once mm. i finished i felt like okay where where are all those walls and where is that painting and like how you know, like, I, I need to do it. So, yeah. so the best way for me to do it was to literally go on construction sites and on uh, decorative painting sites and meet mm-hmm. painters who literally deal with um, with creating uh, mm-hmm. simple white surfaces. It started from, like, the normal plastering and white surfaces. Yeah. And then I got more and more interested in this practice because it was instead of providing me with canvases and paper, it was literally providing me with walls to experiment on and to understand how do you build a wall and how does a wall uh, uh, like sits in a space and what do you need to do to make it actually a standing wall and how do you prepare a surface, etc. And mm-hmm. I started from that under uh, getting more like deep, like more interested in that type of understanding and that type of making to also a level where uh, um, a decorative, the decorative painting mm-hmm. came in as, as you know, like a complementary yeah. practice that also deals with surfaces and gestures and ornamentation and mm-hmm. beautifying. And it's also related to people's fantasy and, and, yeah. and, and you know, to create like the theatrical place and some and and it was also a trend by back then and i i still feel it is right now to uh for people to ask you know like to create a surface that is a full surface you know about something that is in a state of decay so for me Mm -hmm. it was like very like um it allowed me to like develop um of course at some point i started to take commissions on my own and i started to take um um, like projects where I was literally creating those textures mm-hmm. or surfaces. But in the back of my mind, it was mm-hmm. more about observing, like, how do you lay the material? How do you think of trays? Mm-hmm. Why are people interested in in uh, building or in, like, having, owning uh, something mm-hmm. that... that uh, that um, looks like uh, a little piece of decay or, you know, yeah. so, so there, there was this world uh, that is developing technically and like it's a big technical field and material field, but on the side there was a lot of like notes there that were taking down, a lot of writing happening, a lot of observation and definitely there was my personal art practice that is developing. Yeah. So everything came together in a way and that this is where like I was like okay I'm v- 
very much interested in fresco making and mm -hmm. not only any mural making because the term mural and walls can yeah go, it's very broad it's very broad and go back into and go into different directions so yeah fresco came here uh, uh, more I mean there's of course the technical aspect the aesthetical aspect the historical uh, mm -hmm. aspect of it because I feel like organic natural material and pigments and um, link you to different temporalities, you know, and different, uh, when you deal with fresco, you're not only in the present, you know, you're not only in mm -hmm. a certain, the instant of making, you directly, yeah. you hold everything that re fresco represents yeah. uh, with it. I remember this. So uh, does that limit you, do you think, when you do your work? Absolutely not. I think mm. that, uh, absolutely not, because... I don't do fresco in a sense where I need to de deliver something that is a fresco-like. You know, if if you mm -hmm. use it as a technique that you need to that you need to reach a certain out outcome that looks only like a historical fresco, that yeah. could have been limiting. Of course, I mm. mean, I've, I've I've been through those phases where. This is what a fresco looks like. This is what a historical. These are the steps. This is how it's supposed to be you, done. Otherwise, yeah, it's yeah, wrong. Yeah, you yeah. need to understand the skeleton. You need to understand that the rigidity of this practice, because historically, like they were very happy, especially the Italians with the Renaissance. You know, uh, to um, they were very um, strict about like this is how you can do it, and this is how you can reach like. A perfect outstanding outcome mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. for me to deal with it as such is very limiting and it's not anyway in the field of my interest on the contrary yeah. I like to take this uh, technique as it is mm -hmm. and not only trick it but I like to experiment and to to peel it you know peel those layers and see like what is it within those layers of like this knowledge of this technique and this knowledge of this uh, um, uh, technical field, you know, like what does it suggest? And mm -hmm. this is where I came across like what it suggests actually is way beyond uh, um, the field of making, but it's very mm -hmm. much related to time and temporalities and fragmentation. And these are things that, and, so, and even violence and even uh, 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 in French we say erotism I don't know er erot uh, what's the term like erosion no not erosion erotism mm -hmm. uh, it, when something is erotic uh, ah, okay. uh, eroticism eroticism <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know like I, I, I started to realize that uh, this technique on its own but also this technique appropriated by my mm -hmm. hands and my way of doing uh, was a way uh, like was more on a as if it's a certain like archaeology of my mind in a way you know mm -hmm. it was echoing mm -hmm. a lot of things like how I think about things and how I I would want to inform about certain things so so it can be a fresco work without it having to be dealing with lime and sand, you know? Okay. So this is where I am right now. So I could yeah. like build, um, and I use the term build, drawings, but mm -hmm. I would deal with those drawings as if they are like surfaces that are excavated or as if they are like surfaces that would um, be contaminated by some phenomena or factors or you know like you could see like elements like um erecting from like you know like that body of paper but so yeah. this is a lot of fresco thinking here for me mm -hmm. but yet mm -hmm. it's not on fresco so yeah i mean uh, um yeah i think um fresco has a lot to suggest to me and I would like to use every component of it uh, to be able to um, explore and uh, evoke um, just ideas and feelings and uh, experiments that uh, I can share with others yeah um, yeah I mean so you did um, so you were doing a lot of like uh, commission-based work and 
quote-unquote like decorative style work and you had a team working with you prior right Mm -hmm. um how was that like balancing that type of work out with your personal fine art practice was there a big division between the two i know you right now you were like explaining how you were also while you were doing work for commissioned work you were picking up um knowledge and you were taking notes and that was also um contributing to your personal work Mm -hmm. but was there um was it hard kind of like balancing the two out did they affect each other for yeah for me it wasn't uh actually hard to maintain a kind of like a double practice uh, Mm -hmm. because i I had a deep, deep, deep trust that they're very much interrelated and it was just mm-hmm. like about time and with time that they would, uh, that those kind of relations would show. I mean, mm-hmm. or they will show in the work or they will show in the themes or mm-hmm. they li- will literally like show in how, how I am transformed personally through my work. But the challenging part was to be doing this in a time where I was like freshly graduate from fine art in a city back then it was Beirut. Mm. We're talking about a time where suddenly after September 11, Mm. all the world like shifted to the Middle East and engaged with the art practices in the Middle East differently. So Mm. there was a lot of like, themes running around, you know, speaking of identity and borders and, and, and like a lot of like political identity, etc. And, you know, like back then I was very determined to focus on this double practice, but I didn't have like, I couldn't literally find a place like for it to fit with whatever was happening mm. and spoken of my city and the people of my city, you know, uh, um, I, could, I couldn't see like a direct reflection. This mm-hmm. didn't feel as a threat back then at all. Mm-hmm. It more felt like it's something that, um, that I needed to resist in a way because I couldn't be tempted enough to... Um, just think of the practice differently because there's a need for it to fit. Mm. It, mm-hmm. On the contrary, it made me more like um, grounded and trusty of like whatever I was oh, doing should uh, uh, find its way to um, develop in a certain way. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it eventually can stand still in time or on a broader artistic level, uh, despite the geographical expectations or identity expectations. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so so I don't know if it was literally a challenge more of a certain resistance that I had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the same at the same time, like two years ago, because I just moved to Dubai three and a half years ago, maybe four years by now. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that two years ago, I felt like I wanted to dedicate more time for my personal art practice. Yeah. And it was, I think like this fits more in a, in a, in a way where you can, I mean, it takes time to build surfaces. It takes time to produce a work, a project. And I, I just felt like I needed to shift because at the end of the day, no matter how much I love making, I think mm-hmm. that I, I love and appreciate and I have a more passion to sit with um, a practice that is more personal and more intimate and more intense and more um, engaged with, uh, just engaged beyond the technical yeah. aspect of surfaces, you know? So the last two years, I shifted a little bit from those commissions. I kept like mm-hmm. a commercial commission strictly for financial purposes. Mm-hmm. I even like stopped a little bit reaching out for architects and decorative um, interior designers. Mm-hmm. But now with Corona, for example, like I think I might, <laughs> I might be obliged to knock that door again. Like, Hi, I'm, guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, and maybe this will be like the story of my life or practice, you know, like yeah. I... I have 
this tool and mm -hmm. and if I keep um, approaching it as something that can uh, be generous and teach me yeah. something at each mm -hmm. time, then I don't see like why it should be stopped, you know? Right. I mean, we right. limit ourselves if we want to. Mm -hmm. uh, so, totally. so, I'm okay, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. So you, you emphasized a lot at the beginning that um, growing up in Beirut and physically seeing walls and spaces um, and their, you know, how they have changed throughout time has had such a big impact and influence on your practice. Now that you moved to Dubai and the landscape here and the buildings here mm -hmm. is so, so, so completely different yeah. than what you've grown up with. Um, how has that affected your work or what do you now find inspiration in? I think I think moving to Dubai was extremely inspirational. Mm -hmm. Even though a lot of people who would know me and my practice and mainly people from Beirut would like, okay, like how, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and this is where I wouldn't want to limit the practice or the interest and the inspiration to, if you're interested in decay, you're not, mm -hmm. you're not, you don't have to see decay all the time. Yeah, you don't have to be like surrounded <laughs> so by it. It's, it's, yeah, it's not like, uh, uh, okay, that was a starting point, but I mm. could literally explore this in a, on, on a piece of work in, uh, in the more like, um, like a minimal or, you know, in a completely different language, you know, like there mm -hmm. was a shift in the practice and an awareness where you don't need to like communicate decade to talk about decade. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I don't want to talk about decade and strictly decade, especially now I think like the practice really shifted to, 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 to a deeper understanding of why I'm interested in this decade and to talk mm -hmm. about completely something else or something mm -hmm. beyond it, let's say. So, so when I moved to Dubai, I felt like, like there's a kind of like a third dimension that opened, which is very much related to this elsewhere, like mm -hmm. to, to, to an affinity or to, to something like a dream state of always wanting to look at things that are far from you. Like the city always communicates to you something that you cannot reach. And maybe if you mm -hmm. reach a bit of it, it will because of capitalism and because of like trying to per pursue, to, to convince you to just like get more and more. Mm -hmm. So I feel mm -hmm. like everything is advertised for you as if it's, this is the reality that you want, but this is the other reality that you need to reach mm -hmm. to. And, and in the same time on a leisure level, like the swimming pools, like the, uh, the heat, uh, I love the sea. The sea is always an inspiration for me. Like how, like this, this idea of just bathing in a swimming pool and let your body dissolve on a weekend. And yeah. not only my body, but I feel like a major part of the city and not the entire city because not everyone has the luxury to, or the, 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 how, the privilege to have a pool. But I feel like there's this vibe. But the sea is accessible. The sea is accessible for sure, but you, you, you feel a certain vibe like almost on a religious level where you need mm -hmm. to let this work tension and this fast, fast pace of the city just dissolve in the water. Yeah. And so the water and the blue and, and, and you know, it, it just comes, this is something that is coming from elsewhere, you know, like, mm. and, and, and it opened up when 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 my practice was extremely focused on a certain intimacy and space making and i feel like i'm always trying to build um i don't want to say a home or a room but something that is like a home or like a room or like a, a territory that is very intimate and that is very inviting for others to be experienced I, mm -hmm. I think that this is still happening in my practice for now but in the same time when dubai came to my life and when my body was fragmented suddenly between a very dear city of mine and a new experience and when i kept doing back and forth between two cities 
between mm. those two cities, I felt like this dimension of elsewhere became very present. And I, mm. I, I, I felt like the work needed to open up to, to different colors and to different, um, to like a different experience in terms of the viewer. So, so I started to think about like how much a work can invite the viewer in and how much mm -hmm. it can just tops him and like what are those limits. And I, I, I started to also explore like how much can you, can you, can you experience this intimacy in the work? How much can you mm -hmm. touch without completely touching? So, so yeah, so there's always something beyond the city mm -hmm. and how we navigate through them. But what they emanate or what they generate towards us is very, very intense and very uh, yeah. moving. Think, think of mm -hmm. now, think of the distancing, like, like, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm fascinated with gestures, you know, whether it's like gesture of care or caress, or I do think about these dimensions in the work. Think mm -hmm. of touch, like how, how, how would I think this right now when with all this distancing, you know, like yeah. how, how are the city, like how are the cities and spaces experienced um, um, with whatever is happening with Corona times. So I don't know, I think yeah. I answered you, but not fully and I jumped into something else. <laughs> no, but, no, um, this is great. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, makes sense, yeah. So do you want to, since you've already opened up this topic now of being um, isolated and almost like touch has become a luxury right now or... Um, mm. Touch is a luxury, you, I like this. Yeah, yeah, touch is a luxury right now. You really crave it. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about how this crazy time has um, affected your work? And when I say affected, I don't mean it like in a negative way, but just uh -huh. some things that you've learned from it or how you're adapting to it, how your practice has changed or how the way you look at things has differed do you want to expand on that a little bit yeah i could um i i firstly hated the expectation that um we should be making the best out of our time as if time became suddenly uh, mm. um like um, very present. I still yeah. feel during the last two, three months that I was almost without. <laughs> I didn't have time to do a lot of things, mm -hmm. but that's also related to some like personal context that I'm in. I'm newly a mother of a 10 month baby boy who was in the transition of starting, you know, like to, to crawl and to use his body differently and mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot happening with him and I just couldn't just drop this for the sake of doing whatever I wanted to do I mean mm -hmm. um, and you want to make sure you're there for him and you want to make sure that you are part of this and you want to engage more this doesn't leave you with uh, much time to to see like how all like uh, the world has shifted to to provide information and knowledge and culture virtually you know imagine mm -hmm. i mm -hmm. but that's me right i mean maybe the other mothers can deal with their time differently i think i did a personal choice of spending more time with mm -hmm. my child mm -hmm. and i did a choice to cook more i did a choice to maintain a certain energy in the house where I felt like it could have crumbled in a, or just go in a different direction. But that's mm -hmm. also like, I admit maybe it's a strength that I have or my role in a way in my mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, so, so I struggled with the fact like, yeah, you're an artist. How were you able to, no, 
I didn't produce. The last mm. two, three months, I think I, first I was in a state of griefing a little bit uh, yeah. because I was in the middle of a very high momentum of producing a solo show with yes. full new production, with a lot of like ideas coming together after a year of research and this got distru- disrupted completely. And even if I have the trust that it will pick up again and yeah. uh, nothing goes away, obviously there's a memory for everything, including the ideas and the brain. Um, but uh, the disruption was very heavy and yeah. bad and timing. Sudden and too. and yeah. sudden. And uh, and I struggled in it at the beginning of the lockdown, I struggled to force myself and to convince myself that you could maintain it at home. But then mm-hmm. I felt like, why are you, are you doing this like muscle, <laughs> muscle, like this is not the way it should be done. Like this show, these works, your viewers, everything is going to yeah. be altered because things are not the same. And I felt like, I need to live this pause since I'm very much interested in time. Obviously, I yeah. would, I really need to reflect on what this pause is and how everyone is, um, and how this idea, sorry, of uh, um, like fragmentation is becoming mm-hmm. more and more solid and more enhanced and more uh, highlighted. So, for example, in fresco. Um, there's a very important term called giornata, which is what you can achieve in a day of work, because mm-hmm. fresco should be done and worked on while they're fresh. So, for example, if you have a two-by-two wall, you, you cannot paint with pigments the two-by-two wall. Mm-hmm. You would um, put the lime and the sand on a fragment of it, and you would paint that fragment, and then the next day you would come and prepare the other part and you know, and, and so it's made out of like joint fragments together. And then if you master the technique, you would eliminate those lines between day one and day two. But if you deal with the technique like I do, you would maybe want to highlight it or you would want to deal with it as an end work. Or the reason why I'm telling you this mm-hmm. detail, technical detail about fresco is that I'm already in a in a in a mindset of thinking of what can be done in a day and and this giornata I look at it as a as a finality you know like mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, and then becoming a mother is made this thing also reinforced and then becoming a mother and an artist under the <laughs> lockdown and mm-hmm. and and became even like more accentuated you know so while the time seems to pass, you know, from a day to the other, to the, as, as if it's like fused. For me, yeah. it, I felt like a need to think and to write more about like what was before and what's happening now and what's really after. This yeah. before and after is very much present verbally and in my mind. You know, I have the before my baby and after my baby. I. I talk about before the we talk about before the lockdown yeah. and after the lockdown. Yeah. So this before and after, like how how can I think of it and how can I explore it without it being just something linear on a timeline? It's really not linear. So yeah. this is what I'm taken by right now. I don't have an appetite to work on frescoes because frescoes are very much engaging and I really don't feel like doing any of it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very moody with paper right now. Mm-hmm. And I think writing is a safe space because with the little time I have to spend with something that is related to my, to my art practice, mm-hmm. I have a need for it to be very honest and intimate and and coming from from a very um, vulnerable place let's say yeah so so this is where writing is being a consolation mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. so this is how it has been for me and yeah. of course I looked at it at some point 
like kind of a disappointment, like Shafai, you're not producing, and you have a show, or you brought all those papers at home, but I'm just not able to do it. And in, and if it's not the time for it, then it's not the time for it. Yeah. And of course, I have other challenges that are financial, and I'm trying to also support my husband and my family to mm-hmm. try. And, and, and this is another crisis here that, is it really uh, art and art making right now? Like, how much for me is it related to essentials? Is mm-hmm. it related to a personal essential of a certain well-being and it keeps me sane and, you know, it guarantees, like, my sanity? Yeah. And if I'm lucky, it can generate money. So what's the place of all this when we are in a time, not the world crisis, but also as a family crisis? Right. You know, so I'm kind of struggling to find a space, a valid one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I mean, I feel like it's really admirable what you said um, about just like honoring the feelings that you have during this time and giving yourself that space. Because I feel like with this lockdown that has happened, a sudden immense amount of pressure has been imposed on people to be like, well, you were asking for time. So here's time. Now do Uh everything that you ever wanted and if you don't then um then you're not you know taking advantage of this like privilege that's been given to you and that's like that's a lot because i think what people don't take into account is like all the emotional stuff all the mental um things that we have to deal with during this time and um it's okay to I mean, I feel like we, we, we suddenly, when something is given to us, um, we, I don't know, don't know how to react to it. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like something new, um, but like reacting to it has been challenging. And we, again, like what you said, it's like, it's a disappointment or am I not doing enough? This whole idea of like not doing enough, mm. um, So when you accept it and be like, no, it's not about not doing enough. I'm just paying attention to what my needs are or what my family's needs are. That's very admirable. And it takes courage to do that as well. Yeah, I think it's about shifting the language of doing Mm. and giving agency and importance to things that are maybe look less interesting or more fundamental, but... Mm-hmm. Like cooking, okay? Yeah. Like, I feed five people a day. Mm-hmm. I never fed five people <laughs> a day for three months continuously without any... And for me, this is an achievement. Yeah. And it brings me a lot of joy, and it brings mm-hmm. me a lot of uh, uh, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy to put my hands in that type of making. And I'm not yeah. talking about baking and doing those. Right. Like, I'm talking about basic like meals, you know, like right. the, the, what you need to survive, you know. Yeah, nurturing. <laughs> nurturing. So, uh, but I think what I mainly struggle with is this idea that time is something that is given to us. Mm-hmm. Like, is time really something given to us? And mm-hmm. who is giving it? and how yeah. and I don't know how much uh, how how much effort and how much work we need to do and mm-hmm. it is related to capitalism and it is related to how the world is built and yeah to power and to um, um, to how things like we're just always on the go including in the circle of artists and art world and art making, you know, like Mm -hmm. things that are granted to us, you know, like this idea of grant, you know, like Mm. we grant you money to produce, we grant you space to produce, we grant you time to produce, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm a bit sick of it, even though I'm grateful for what I've been granted with, completely, completely grateful, uh 
I might sound a bit contradictive, but I think that we need we need to be very clear about what we love about this and what we hate about this. Mm. And what we and and what we are what is completely out of control or where we are left without uh, you know, like I yeah. wish that after this virus has done what it needs to, to do, which I yeah. think this virus did some great things. Yeah. I, I, I wish that things can shift in a way, especially in the art world, mm-hmm. to a place where we reconsider this idea of being granted something and, and possibly create a space or a place or a world or a community or where things are made differently, not a shift in the art practices themselves, but in that ecosystem. I don't know, like, I feel like the ecosystem of art has been maybe providing chances to a lot of people, including me as well. Uh, But at the same time, I felt it was going on 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 a track that it was just too much, you know, and... Mm. Like too fast-paced or too, too predictable? Too fast-paced, too predictable, too much expectations, too much money, mm. too much money mm. laundry, too much, mm. too much of too <laughs> much. And, uh, and we need to think again about this humbleness and mm. uh, a, a, the need for art to be humble again. You know, This is where writing and drawing and paper for me become like the most valuable think uh, um, um, to explore because you know in their presence they're just very humble and they can sit anywhere and they're very powerful in terms of content and very accessible as well so humbleness flexibility uh, um, accessibility Mm -hmm. should I just wish we could think of these things as practitioners and just differently and not position ourselves only in that space. Maybe we might not, maybe we won't be left with no other choice, but to be in that space where you're waiting or working to get the grant of time and the grant of money and the grant of space. Mm. But what if things can be done differently and how? I mean, I don't have answers, but but sometimes I I feel able to do it while I'm, a mother at home mm-hmm. writing or drawing, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. There's something very strong there. And yeah, and I hope it can just take space and find the space uh, in the world differently. Well, since you brought up the topic of motherhood, <laughs> um, how has life been? becoming uh, a mother and how has that impacted um, not just your production of work but just your overall um, philosophy on your art making I think that um, of course the the I mean the easy answers would be of course I don't have much time Mm. like before and I appreciate time more and when I'm granted uh, (laughs) when my son grants me my son is the only one allowed to grant me (laughs) everything else is registered yeah (laughs) but uh, um, when I when I find like I have uh, a a time to work or to focus or to read or to produce or mm-hmm. to co- I just do it with uh, with more uh, um, like um, uh, you become a bit more efficient because you know that uh, you don't have uh, uh, a lot of this time for you you know mm-hmm. so 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 on the country this can make you more productive in a way and this can make you think about like what's more important for you what's more essential what's uh, um, of course there's a lot of time management so mm-hmm. these are the answers that are expected and uh, it, it's, it's all about how you do it and if you are able to do it gracefully while keeping mm-hmm. you know like your sanity and uh, who are just embracing it. But I feel like the biggest lesson, and it came not only from uh, becoming a mother, but it, it was also um, 
uh, how I birthed my son because mm. I had uh, like a complete, I, I had a plan of doing a complete natural birth and I had to go through a C-section in the end, even mm. though I did all the best and the training and the knowledge, etc., like for not to do it. And, and then dealing with a human being who suddenly is occupying a lot of space mm -hmm. and emotions and, uh, uh, and time, uh, I think the biggest lesson is about uh, like to relinquishing control and mm -hmm. to, and to, uh, and to allow like things to, to just happen without obsessing about this is how I want it to be, and this is where my focus is on. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm not talking about how I spend my day, but in the art practice itself, I felt like um, in the making that I used to do, there was a lot of uh, control about how it should be done and about the certain outcome. And now I feel I'm more interested in a field where I give more agency for material to do their work i try mm -hmm. to to really look at those gestures and or at those phenomena and uh, um, uh, w without having to um to control a certain outcome mm. you know and seems like you're practicing letting go more now in a way, in a way, and I'm and I'm not talking on a level only where, let's say, you experiment with I don't know with mold, and then the result would be oh the mold has contaminated the surface. I'm I'm, I'm just there's nothing wrong with that, and I'm sure it's beautiful. But I'm not talking yes. just on a reactionary chemical level of material, but more trying to look at origins. You know, like mm. if, if to 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 really delve deeper in what pigments are and what lime is and what it means to be caustic and what stability mm -hmm. is, and uh, uh, so yeah. So I think less control for me and more uh, more interest in spread and in contamination and in touch and in uh, and in um, in like exploring intimacy differently mm -hmm. um were you know. worried at some point like did I, it ever boggle your mind that like oh no now my life is gonna change i don't know if i could ever make art anymore yeah. blah, blah 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 stuff like that no not at no. all on the contrary i mm. never on the contrary i felt like uh this is something that i've always wanted to be a mother i've always wanted to to be an artist mm -hmm. and I've uh, I've I've lived in a way where I was juggling between different polarities and different medias mm -hmm. and different practices and I, I trust that I've always done them happily and gracefully and uh, and without uh, a lot of um, clashing you know mm -hmm. and uh, this is the mindset that I was in when I decided to to that I want a child to come into my life and uh, and this is how I'm approaching it of yes. course I have ups and downs mm -hmm. like of course sometimes I would wish that uh, especially in this lockdown and because I have to shift um, my working time towards things that can help us financially and mm -hmm. you know like I feel like I I do miss part of the practice you know but it doesn't come to a point where it doesn't bring take me to a point where I start to look at it as a loss or mm -hmm. or and and I I I do look at time and practice and making as a really holistic thing and as yeah. something that is stretched through time, like since I'm born and until I die possibly, you know, like I really look mm -hmm. at it as a whole thing, you know, and not something in the now and that or is so fragmented or fragmented or so in like, um, reactionary to whatever is happening. I think mm. that I do a work that stands 
beside the fact of, uh, I mean, of what happens around us. It, it is, of course, involved and it is, of course, uh, sensitive and in touch and, um, but it's not directly in response. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at creating a work that is responsive to an event or yeah. as much as this event can be harsh or cruel, you know, like I, I cannot talk directly about the war or the virus or, mm -hmm. but, but I have a violence that is very grounded in the work, you know, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's a violence that is, cannot be defined in time. And because these are my interests and this is what I feel is very strongly present in the work, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have an issue right now. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I have one more question and then we could wrap up our lovely session. Um, I usually like to end this with asking our guest, um, how do you define living creatively for yourself? How do I define living creatively? I think if I, if I don't work, mm -hmm. if I'm not in touch with my work, my ideas and my materials, I can become crazy, mm -hmm. but it's really like a guarantee for sanity for me. Uh -huh. uh, like I can become a mad person, but it's, but this can also happen silently. And if it does happen, I just try to bring it back to a, to a good place or a good outcome. Mm -hmm. So living creatively is, for me, it's a very, intimate, um, funny enough, silent space in my mm -hmm. head and my body, even though I can seem to be a very outspoken person and I share a lot and I'm just can be all over, you know, like, uh, <laughs> like the place celebrating a practice or breastfeeding or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, uh, but, but in, the truth is that uh, living creatively is something extremely personal and intimate for me and mm -hmm. I do like to protect it and, you know, like to keep that energy directed for the work and I hope or um, wish that it can find its way to sit in the work and then just communicate itself to others. <laughs> thank you so much this was really thank awesome you. yeah i had a really nice time chatting with you finally getting deep <laughs> into your <laughs> into your work it's about time it's about time thank, <laughs> thank you, you so time. much i really enjoyed it this was awesome and i hope yeah. to see you soon mm -hmm. thank you for listening everyone have a nice day and bye